Good morning. Good morning. And grace and peace to you. Don, thank you for the song, Brad. Thank you so much. Great prayer. Thank you for teaching me this morning. Hampton, where have I seen you before? That's a bit of an inside joke from the last couple of days. We had a great time at the uh, retreat and learned a lot, and we hope to share a lot with you in the coming months ahead, I think. Uh, I think this was probably for me and I think for Dawn, uh, one of the best ones ever. And I know Bob, Bob can think that back that far. Yes, no, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Matthew 22. We're going to talk about are you open or closed? And I spoke to Don yesterday when the first speaker started out. Guess what scripture he used? This one right here. The God thing. Matthew 22, 34. Most of us here are familiar with this. If you're a Christian, you're very well familiar with it. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Very significant, very powerful, very important uh, love. Love is at the center of Christianity. God is love, John Wright. God so loved the world. We know that verse of scripture. In order to love someone, your heart has to be open to that person, doesn't it? If your heart is closed off to somebody, You'll never love them. If your heart is closed off to God, you will never love God. Not possible. Love is about having an open heart. To love God, we've got to be open to him. Jesus helps us do this. Jesus came, I said, I come to reveal the Father, to show you the Father. And so we now can really grasp what the Father is like his love and his desire to bless us and give us a future. He does really care about us and what happens to us. To love God, we have to begin listening to God, be open to him, listen to what he says, be what pleases him, what brings him joy, and other things that bring joy to God. Did you know that? Things that we do bring joy to God when we do good things. 
We need to be open to God to understand what he deserves from us, our worship and our obedience, our praise and so forth, and what he expects of us. And to love another person, we must be open to that person, to listen to them, to communicate with them what pleases them, what gives them joy, what takes care of their needs, what needs they have that must be met. And what do they expect of us in that relationship? There must be openness there in order to love. So it not, should not surprise us that the devil, seeing all of this and understanding that love is it really at the center of creation. God created because of love in order to share himself with us. God sent his son because he loves us. God established the basic foundation of the community and of the human family to be marriage, which is based on love. And on and on we go. So it should not surprise us that the devil works to prevent us to love. And he does that by trying to close us off from God and from one another. That's the way he does it. He wants to thwart God's plans and purposes, so he works to bring division. And he began that way back there in the garden, didn't he? When he tempted Eve, got her to sin, got Adam to sin, and the barrier was erected, the barrier called sin, between us and God. To create a problem for us to love God. And we talked about that in a lesson not too long ago. The fear factor, the hiding from God, and so forth, being afraid to come to God because of our guilt, and so forth. Today's world is a world in which people are being closed off from God. The secular humanists are at work, the atheists are at work, the evolutionists are at work. They're discrediting the Bible, they're trying to remove God from the public square. All of these things are work of the evil one to get you to not believe in God, to think God is, is a wicked and mean guy, if, even if he does exist, that uh, he's not fair, okay, and uh, so forth and so on. This is all the devil's work. He's trying to cut us off, cut off the society from God. And then he's trying to isolate us from one another, to close us off from one another. You can just see this in the world. In, in politics in particular, it's seen, you know, we're, we're, we're lining up and we're, we're favoring one position or another. People don't even talk to one another, and if they do try to talk, they just end up yelling and screaming. Some of this turns into violence. Some people are afraid to go outside. We're locked in front of our little screens, unable to have face-to-face -face conversations with people, not even wanting to talk with people. In order to love God and love people, we have to be open to them. And we have to see that the devil is trying to get us to be closed off from one another and from God. 
So we asked a question, and we're going to look at four things here. Are you an open person, or are you closed off to the world? Are you open to God, or are you closed off from Him? Are you afraid of God? Do you not want to hear what He has to say to you? The blessings He has for you, yeah, there's challenges there, things you need to do. Do you believe God exists? There is a God at all. What about your own personal life? How, how are you doing with that? Are you afraid to talk to people? Are you closed off? Maybe that's why the church, one of the reasons the church uh, is losing so many members. We, are, we have been pushed into this mold by the evil one of you can't go out there. You, you might get hurt. Someone might disagree with you. Someone might yell at you. Someone might come and uh, throw something on your porch that you don't want thrown on your porch. Someone might spray paint your house. Are we afraid to engage our culture? Are we open? Or have we closed ourselves off out of fear? It's a question we need to ask. Because unless we are open to God and open to those around us, we can't love and we cannot really fulfill all of God's commandments to take the gospel into the world. We can't do that. Okay, so let's start. Psalm 119. This is kind of where it begins. Our eyes, our eyes and our minds, you know, in, in the scripture, the, the mind and the eyes are kind of seen as the same thing. You open up your eyes. Don let us in that great song, open my, open my eyes, open my ears. To understanding. The mind is where we understand. And our minds must be open to the word of God to understand what it says and to really accept what it says. Psalm 119, 18, just an example. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. Help me to see them, Lord. Now there might be some things there that convict me of things that I have done wrong and I need to change, things I'm doing wrong. I need to repent of. But unless we're open to that, we'll never even see the blessings or the ideas. Don mentioned there from the retreat, no one is perfect. Guess who understands that more than anybody else in the whole world? God. God does. That's why he sent Jesus. So we could be forgiven for our imperfections. And so, like Adam and Eve, we, we can't hide them. That does no good. It does no good to hide them. We have to confess them and forsake them and move forward. We need to we see the wondrous and glorious things in the Word, the truth that God has there for us. To know God, to know the love of God, the mind of God, the heart of God. I need to be engaged in Scripture. Nowhere else on earth is it revealed how to love God and how to love others except in Scripture. That's all there. What does it look like? You know, the best example is Jesus Christ, but there's a lot of other words there and examples in Scripture of what love is. Loving God, following God. 
Let's go to Luke 24. Jesus talked about understanding. And we really have to engage in Scripture. And this isn't just about coming on Sunday morning and hear Jeff's lesson. This is about using this word, being engaged in this word on a daily basis. Reading a few passages, a few verses, and reflecting on them, and what does that mean? Developing that, that desire, that passion to know God and to know what he has there for us. They, to, to flip that switch inside and say, I want to know more. In Luke 24, and, and again, it's amazing, the apostles struggled to understand Jesus and his mission until really the Holy Spirit came uh, in Acts chapter 2. Luke 24, 44, it says, Now he said to them, this is after he ra was raised from the dead, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. He kept saying that, and he says, This is something that I must do. As he went to Jerusalem, then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. He had to open up their understanding to understand the scripture. They needed help. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer, rise again from the dead the third day, that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning with Jerusalem, that's the good news. That's kind of the uh, great commission as given in Luke. Repentance is possible. It's possible to change. It's possible to be forgiven in Christ. You don't have to continue in your life and lifestyle. Through Christ you can be forgiven and changed. Sometimes we need a little help in opening our minds to proper understanding. Um, you know, we ask, we're told to ask God for wisdom, and we need to do that on a regular basis. Sometimes we need a teacher, a mature Christian, to get us started down the path to understand some scriptures, uh, to understand the concept of Bible interpretation, how to read it, how to interpret it, looking into context. But once that understanding is open and you start to see these truths and how this works and fits together, it's like a door's open. It's like the, the, the window is open and the possibilities are endless. It's like, wow, I, I can understand this. I can see this. I was thinking of an illustration for this and you know, I don't like to talk a lot about myself, but I'm going to use myself as an illustration here. I was in the military and learning to fly. Uh, you had a lot of, they called them hops, flights, instructional flights, hops with an instructor. And you had to have, I forget how many it was now, 10 or 12 before you, they thought you were capable of taking the plane up by yourself. And so he'd take you up and, of course, showed you how the instrument worked and how you, you turn left and right and you practice landings and the whole deal. Uh, and then you get a test flight to see if you were ready to 
take the plane up by yourself. So he was teaching how to fly and how all of the instruments work and the, the controls work and everything on the airplane. But then once I learned that, you see, then I could take that plane up by myself and fly that plane. I knew how it worked. I could do different things with that aircraft. Now, I, from time to time, you had to come back and they said, well, now we'll teach you how to do loops and barrel rolls. And so you had a couple of instructions on that. And then I could go out and I could do that, practice that on my own. So this is the idea in Scripture. We, we're taught not just the facts, but we're taught how. I, I keep emphasizing that. How do you read Scripture? How do you understand Scripture? How do you interpret Scripture? And once you learn that, the, the window is open. Let me go. Let me run with it. There should be that great desire to understand our hearts to be open to the Word of God. Second thought. Let's go back to Psalm 17. Once, once that understanding comes, and we start to see the facts and the storyline from creation on through the cross and what is promised to us, then our heart starts to open up. All right? The mind understanding, but the heart kind of grasps and responds then. The heart is like the place where you make choices, where your conscience is, okay, where you're really touched. The understanding is kind of just there, all right? It's uh, yes, no, right, wrong. But when we grasp this and our heart starts to open, then things, we open up to God then. This is where we start to open up then to God. Look here in Psalm 17, 8. Wondrously show your loving kindness, O Savior, of those who take refuge at your right hand from those who rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wing. This is David writing for, about his enemies. From the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies surround me. They have closed their unfeeling heart with their mouth they speak proudly. You see, they had closed their heart off to David. They understood all about David and what he had done is... Uh, being a king and a mighty warrior and a man of God, but his enemies hated him. And he had enemies all through his life. And the, the idea is they had cut their heart, closed their heart off to David. They weren't even going to try to understand David, what he was about, that he was a man of God or anything. they didn't have an open heart to David, they, weren't, they couldn't love him. They couldn't love him like you and I do. Yeah, he's dead and gone, but we read scripture and we say, wow, David was a great man. I love David. I love David. Again, you can't love someone when your heart is closed toward them. If you hate them, you despise them, you're jealous of them, you yourself are too selfish. You can't love God when you love someone else or something more than him. Let's look in 2 Corinthians 6. 
Paul writes to the Corinthians. The Corinthians had a lot of problems, and Paul had a lot of problems with the Corinthians, especially we see in the second letter. They didn't want to respond to him. They didn't want to respond to his correction of them in the first letter. Uh, he had sent, I think it was Titus to them to see how they were doing. And uh, they were like wanting to turn away from him, and they wanted to listen to these false teachers. They didn't want the correction. And so Paul, you know, he still loves them. He wants them to do well, but he knows he's got to do something. So 2 Corinthians 6 and 11, he says, Our mouth has spoken freely to you, O Corinthians. Our heart is opened wide. We're here, in other words, we're here for you. We love you, and we want you to do good. We're here. We're, we're not closed off to you. You are not restrained by us, but you are restrained in your own affection, you see. They could not open up to Paul because he was trying to correct them to do the right things in the Lord. And they were shutting him off. He says, now in like exchange, I speak as to children, open wide to us. Because you've got to open up. You've got you to listen. You've got to be willing to, to hear what I have to say, to engage with me, to receive me if I come. When hearts are closed, love is impossible. When our hearts are closed to God, we can't love him. When our hearts are closed to anybody else, we can't love them. When our hearts are closed off, to the people in the world who are doing wicked and evil things and things with which we disagree, we disagree with them politically, morally, or whatever, when our hearts are closed to them, we'll never save them because we don't love them. We don't see their dire circumstances, that they are entrapped by Satan and all his deceptions. I'm not saying you... You approve of what they do. I'm not saying that. But you've got to love that person if you're ever going to save them. Just like God so loved the world. Paul writes in Romans 5 about, you know, while we were still enemies, Christ died for us. While we were still imperfect and in our sins, Christ died for us. Okay, Psalm 63, our minds need to be open to the word of God, our hearts need to be open to God and to others. When those things start to happen, guess what opens up as well? Our hands. Psalm 63. David wrote a lot of psalms that had to do with praise. O God, you are my God, I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh yearns for you, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Thus I've seen you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory, because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. We're going to talk about the mouth next, but here the lips will praise you, my mouth opens in praise. So I bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. That was part 
of the way the Jews used to pray is they lifted up their hands. And they were open to God. Like, Lord, here I am. There's two ways to look. Lord, here I am. I'm your servant. Come down. And Lord, you are the Almighty. You are God. I'll lift up my hands. My soul is satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Joyful lips. I want to praise God. You know, you know, some we come into church, and I know it's a, it's a solemn occasion, and there's a room for the solemnity. But it shouldn't all be solemnity. We're here to praise God and praise us to be a joyful thing. He's our God. He's been watching out for us. He's been blessing us all week, giving us, you know, things again. We don't deserve to give it. We always say at the table more than we deserve. And the blessings of Christ, we can't even fathom what those are. We ought to be praising from the depths of our heart and feet and toes, lifting up our hands to praise God. So our hands open up to God. Our lips open up to God. Let's go to Deuteronomy. When we understand these things, when our hearts are touched by the love of God and they begin to open, our hands open. And I thought this was a good passage in Deuteronomy 15. Taught in the New Testament as well. Verse 7. If there is a poor man with you, one of your brothers in any of your towns in your land which the Lord your God is giving you, notice the connection. You shall not harden your heart, that's the same as closing it up, nor close your hand from your poor brother. You shall not do that. You see, they go hand in hand. If your heart is closed and hard, you say, oh, he, he just wastes his money, and look, at he does this and he does that. You're never going to help him, are you? Never will. If you say, yeah, he does waste his money, but he needs help because he needs to learn how to use his money. He needs to stop doing that and wasting his money on that. Then you're going to be moved, maybe not just to give him something, but say, hey, we need to talk. You know, if you took care of your money, you, you could help some other people. Verse 8, but you shall freely open your hand to him and shall generously lend him sufficient for his need in whatever he lacks. Beware there is no base thought in your heart saying, the seventh year, the year of remission is near and your eyes hostile toward your poor brother and you give him nothing. That he may cry to the Lord against you and it will be a sin in you. If you look in the first couple verses of this chapter, he talks about that seventh year. And this is another thing about the grace of God. In the seventh year, all these debts were just removed. God said, forget it. They're, everybody's even now, and you can start over when it came to debts. And so if it was like in the sixth year of that seventh year period, and you got a brother comes to you and says, hey, I have need, and you think, wow, if I give him this, he's only got one year to pay it back, and I'm going to lose it. God says, forget about it. Don't matter. I'll take care of you. He needs it. You give it to him. Ten, 
You shall generously give to him, and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him. Your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him. When you help somebody. You know, I've done that. Somebody's in need. I help them out, but I mentioned this a while back. But it was like, okay, I'll do it. I'm supposed to do it. God says to do it. I don't really want to do it, but I'll do it. Ever do that? Yeah. We're not supposed to do it that way. Don't be grieved when you give. Give joyfully. Because for this thing the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all your undertaking. For the poor will never cease to be in the land. Therefore I command you, saying, You shall freely open your hand to your brother, to your needy, and poor in your land. This is love in action. We read it in 1 John chapter 3. You can go there and read it. Our last thought. When hearts are open, minds are open, hands begin to open. Psalm 9. We already alluded to this. The mouth begins to open as well. How many of you here have been in a situation where you knew you should say something and you didn't? Come on. Yes. Yes. We all got to work on it. We all have to work on it. The first thought is about God. When our hearts are open, our mouths are open to God in the, in the praise. Some of us are still afraid to sing. You have to answer that before God, to yourself and God. But we're supposed to open our mouths and pray. We're supposed to be singing joyful, praising God, and not just singing, but we, when we're out there around and about in the world and down at the respects and at the football game and something, you're talking about something good, you're saying, God blessed me this week. God took care of this for me this week. God, God got my mother out of the hospital. Okay? The, these, this kind of praise is supposed to be on our lips. If we really believe that God is doing these things, we shouldn't be ashamed. Our mouths should be open. Psalm 9, 1 and 2. I will give thanks to the Lord with, whoa, look at that, all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name. Verse 11. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare among the peoples his deeds. And verse 14, that I may tell of all your praises, that in the gates of the daughter of Zion I may rejoice in your salvation. They did business in the gates. They conducted trade. They uh, had uh, trials and all that. So in the gates, they're all talking the praise of God. That's, that's daily business. That's what it is. So our mouths open up, and we give God credit, and we praise God. Closing out in 2 Corinthians 4. You can guess where we're going with this. When our 
hearts are open, our hands open to others, and our mouths open to others, what are we telling them? Yes, God did great things for me. But what is the greatest thing God has done? He sent his son, right? 2 Corinthians 4.13 But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, believed in Christ Jesus, believed in the cross, believed in his resurrection, believed in what God did, what? Therefore I spoke. I told others about it. We also believe, therefore we also speak. It's, it's, it's just a puzzle. Why so many of us are so afraid to speak a word about Christ Jesus to somebody. It's a real puzzle. And only you can answer that before God. What, you afraid of something? Think you can't say it right? Think somebody will laugh at you? You lose a friend? My answer is, so what? You're doing what God wants you to do. You might just be the instrument through which God saves a soul. Isn't that more important than worrying about what might happen to you? You know, what, what's, what do we really love here? Are we loving ourselves? Or do we really love God and Christ and our friend enough to share with them the gospel. It's just an amazing thing that God invites us to work with him in telling the good news. It's an amazing thing. That's his plan. Okay? That's his plan. That's plan A. You know what plan B is? There is no plan B. That's it. Plan A is the church telling the good news to the lost. That's the only plan there is. So, is your heart open? Are you open or closed? Which is it? You know, that's a cute little question, right? Yeah, oh, that's a cute little sermon title. Yeah, that's a great lesson. That's a serious question for us all to answer. Is my heart open to God and is my heart open to the people in my life? Or am I closed off? Am I shut down? I got the blinders on and I'm just going to live my life the way I want to live it. That's the question we all need to answer. God's heart was wide open to us. You know, he could have cut us off. In fact, you know, in the days of Noah, he kind of cut mankind off, didn't he? Except for Noah and his family. He says, I've had enough. Man is wicked, evil all the time, and uh, we're going to start over. And he kind of did that with Noah and the ark, and eight people were saved. And so began the days of grace, as Don pointed out to us yesterday in the car. You, you all missed that. Anyway. Uh, from a lesson he heard way down in Louisiana. So uh, 
We're thankful for God's grace. He didn't give up on us. And then he worked out through the years, through the centuries, through Abraham, Moses, David, Mary, and Joseph, through the Son, Jesus, the salvation that we desperately needed. It could be supplied by no one else. Only from him, the Lamb of God. God was open to us. He's still open to us. You know, some say, you know, how much does God love you? Well, you know, here's Jesus on the cross with his arms wide open, wide open. Come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Are you open and closed? Are you open to Jesus this morning? You want to serve him? Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe, maybe you've never obeyed the gospel and be baptized into Christ. We can assist you with that this morning. Maybe some of the scriptures you read, we've read, has touched your heart. And I pray they have. If you're ready to do that, fine. If you want to do it another time, let me know. Let Mike know. Gone. Maybe you are a Christian and your heart has kind of been closed off. You're living in fear, selfishness, pride, whatever. And you know you need to open up. We can, we can pray with you about that. You, you really need to change, to repent. Become the person God wants you to be. To be open to those around you and be open to God. However we might assist you in your spiritual journey, let us know where Brother Don leads us.